I had a hobby too. Mine happened to be guns and ballistics. And I studied guns and ballistics as much as I could, and I wrote an article about high velocity. So out of all my years working at Weatherby, the last five have been some of the most exciting. Working with Adam, with him running the company. And to think that I get the opportunity of carrying on my grandfather's legacy 75 years later here in Sheridan, Wyoming, I mean, it really is a dream come true. On our mark, the Weatherby Podcast. All right, on our mark, the Weatherby Podcast. We've got uh, very special guests, two guests today. One's going to be a little quieter than the other. <laughs> well, maybe we, if we take our hood off, maybe not. <laughs> uh, we have Raven, the Peregrine Falcon, and also Raven's owner. Uh, senior biologist from the Paragon Fund, yep. uh, Brian Much. Yes, sir. Joining yep. myself, Luke Torkelson, and Kevin Wilkerson Kevin from Wilkerson. Webby. Yeah. Uh, man, we're <laughs> super excited to have you here, and the topic today is uh, is falconry, and I think we're going to that, – that's going to go into a bunch of ways. I, we've got probably more questions than we have time. Yeah, I think it's important to know that I know zero about this. <laughs> and so – it's an interesting perspective because oh, that's why I literally know nothing about it. Well, 20 years ago, I thought I knew everything. And 20 hmm. years later, I realized I'd know almost nothing. So, wow. You know, I guess that's how it goes. But. And for people listening to the podcast, it's very important that you know that there is a falcon sitting yeah. two, two feet from us right now. We have a, maybe a foot. Raven is in the room. Uh, that's a funny name for, for a you peregrine know, falcon when she to, was a to juvenile, name her Raven. Yeah, when she was a juvenile, <laughs> she was really black. All, oh. I mean, just it, she, she's a subspecies of peregrines that is extremely dark that appeals pelei, Falco peregrinus pelei. Hmm. They come from Alaska. This one, her lineage is uh, the Aleutian Islands. Um, they're one of the bigger subspecies, but she was very black. I mean, just at, at a distance, she when ravens came and flew with her, she kind of looked like one. So wow. that's how she got her name. So, uh, Brian, I met you last fall yeah. uh, during hunting season. Yeah. And, um, this is th- I thought this was really interesting. I didn't know what to expect. Actually, I think um it was Butch Whiting that reached out and was like, "Hey, you got you got to meet meet Brian and some yeah. some of your coworkers from yeah. the Peregrine Front." Yep. Um and they were you, you live here in Sheridan. I do. And those guys are Arizona? Yeah, Chris was in Arizona and Paul lives in New Mexico and we we were up with uh, some folks in Zortman camped out showing them some falconry up there and that's why they were in town here. We came back. He had a archery tag Chris did so that's why we were here and mm. so I we arranged we're gonna meet we meet out um just west of town here and um I got there a little bit early and then Brian pulls up in his Toyota truck and he's got a falcon riding shotgun <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in the front in passenger a cage seat. or in, in, no, the, in the no, seat just sitting on a the, perch yeah on the front sitting seat, in the front but, seat yeah I was like okay this is awesome so <laughs> I, yeah I don't want to disrupt that so right now the bird's sitting on a perch is this, this is what it officially is. would be called? Yeah, it's a falcon perch. That's sort of an Arab-style perch. There's various uh, prototypes of what – but that's – falcons sit on something like that where their feet are sort of flat. Hawks have a ring perch. If you had it as a goshawk, you'd have a different type of perch. They like like a branch. Sure, sure. A, they like, yeah. Know, the, the, the hawks perch in trees. These guys perch on cliffs and – and things like that. So, so that's why that's a stone piece? Well, yeah, and that's just something unique. A lot of times it's a, a real fancy uh, turned block, um, wooden block with AstroTurf top. Oh, okay. But that's pretty unique. Uh, some telemetry company made that for wow. me. But, yeah, anyway. So give us just a little rundown on what it, what's the Peregrine Fund? Yeah, it's, uh, it was founded in 1970, and, and uh, Falconer sort of, rallied to the cause of basically the peregrine falcon going extinct. Um, the pesticide DDT, which was used after, sort of during and after World War II, uh, almost eliminated this bird. And, You're and, kidding. And others as well, yeah, from, from the United States. In fact, east of the Mississippi River, it did eliminate them. There was that yeah. subspecies yeah. of peregrine is probably gone um, totally. It was an eastern anatom. They were big like this, um, and th- that population went extinct. Anyway, the peregrine fund... Rose to that occasion, there was a number of falconers. Tom Cade was one of one of the founders. Of the, he was the founder Shout out. Uh, of the Peregrine Fund, and uh, and he teamed up with Jim Weaver, uh, who is a board member, founding board member of the Peregrine Fund. Uh, uh, Bob Berry is a founding member of the mm. Peregrine Fund. Pete Widener is on our board. All Lots of shout outs. I can't yeah. I can't get to all the shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> so I mean, 
these guys rallied to, to basically, uh, and, and they were asked by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to help. Um, they had tried to produce these birds in captivity and, and, and couldn't and didn't. And so the Peregrine Fund gathered falcons that were uh, in falconers' hands. They were donated to the Peregrine Fund. They, they were successfully bred in captivity. And over the course of 25 years, we released over 4,000. No kidding. Back to the wild. DDT, of course, was banned largely as a result of, of, of the demise of this bird. What and about the DDT? Was it the, was it the chemical itself that was it, affecting the birds? It was. Or was it getting something that, it, that was in our diet? Well, it was th with peregrines. It, yeah, it, went in, it got into the food chain. So insects and, and in, mm. you know, that, that are eating plants, it's on okay. the plants. It's in the insects. And every level, it concentrates up the level of the food chain. So uh. it, it infected peregrines as bad as it, as it ever could have. And what, is it, what it does is essentially um, that makes them lay a really thin-shelled egg, which typically breaks oh. under the female's incubating weight. Um, so they just, it killed their production, productivity. Wow. And they went, you know, most of these states in the West as well, Montana lost every single breeding pair um, and Idaho and Wyoming, every, every pair was gone. There was a few states wow. where a few hung on. So anyway, that, that I went to work for them. I met them. I knew they had peregrines, and I wanted to be around. And what year was that? Peregrines. I went to work for them. Uh, the first year would have been 1985 seasonally, and then I started in 1988, and wow. I, I've worked for them ever since. Wow. On different programs. We work all over the world. Now, the peregrine was successfully recovered, delisted. I mean, the, certainly the single most successful recovery effort of an endangered species ever and, and one you know that 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 we did i mean we we you know mankind yeah <laughs> we, we were the cause of the demise we and then we uh, we understood that we stepped in and we fixed it um so Got pretty peregrine falcon down yeah no no <laughs> doubt if you hear that in the background that's the bird shaking that's uh, crazy. Yeah. So anyway, it's a neat story, and the Peregrine Fund has gone on to do a lot of work with other endangered raptors. We work all over the world. Um, so, but this was sort of the initial pro program and project, and and a very successful one. Um, wow. So, so you're a senior biologist for the Peregrine Fund, and that what were you doing before? Was that straight out of school? Like well, how, what you is, know, it, uh, no. <laughs> what does that I mean? mean I, I guess what the question is, what does it mean to be a, a biolo senior biologist? I mean, I've, I've worked on all, a lot of different of these recovery efforts. I've worked on the California Condor Project, uh, the Alplamato Falcon Project in the Gulf of Mexico. This program I worked on a lot. I worked on the Arpa Eagle Program in Central America, South America. I've worked in the Arctic and Greenland on a program up there we have with Jure Falcons. Um, we have people in Africa, but it's all field. I mean, I do the field work. I, I'm the guy that, I mean, I drive a lot. I'm a good driver. <laughs> I, drive, mm. drive to the, I knew how to climb, I knew, you know, cliffs and these big trees, and I knew how to handle these birds, trap these birds, and it's, it's a skill set that, you know, the Peregrine, it worked for the Peregrine Fund, and it certainly wow. worked for me. They told me if I'd ever get out of college, they'd hire me full-time, so that was a good incentive. It took me eight years to get a four-year degree, but... All right, too busy. I, think, I think we're going to have to unpack a few bits of that. Uh, so, <laughs> field work. Yeah, you're not just like you're. There's a lot of driving. Yeah. So what? You're looking for yeah. a, a wild bird. Yeah. yeah I mean, with this what? program, it was uh, locating release sites that were a, a location where we wanted to put a hack site, which is a location where we would put these young peregrines to release them from and release them to the wild. We, we'd have two hack site attendants, and a hack site hacking is a falconry term for releasing a bird to the wild. Mm. And the difference was in falconry, you'd trap it back to fly it. That was applied to these re recovery efforts. And the difference is instead of recovering them back to fly, we'd let them continue to feed them until they went wild, wow. which, which takes about six or seven weeks. But they don't need an adult. Um, this, you know, a, a group of these young were, were good on their own with two people feeding them all summer. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're identifying these release sites. We're flying. We're flying. The so, in the beginning, where were you getting the, the birds you were They're releasing? all captive raised. They were, the Peregrine Fund was, they formed a captive uh, breeding program, and, and falconers donated birds to them that, they, that they'd had. Oh, sure. And so From they, a young age, they, then they could yep. be in and the wild. Were, yeah, and they, they put those birds in a breeding project, and all the young from those captive produced, Is all what? from those captive wow. pairs were released into the wild. Wow. So that's the, that was a source of of the young. Wow. And uh, and and you know now they're they're recovered and and they're back and they're doing well. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the field work varies. I mean, it's in, in Greenland, it's all helicopter and boat and a lot of hiking and into these remote locations up in the Arctic, uh, looking at gyrofalconaries, going into the cliffs. Depends what we're doing and what you want, what you're interested in. We were taking blood samples. We put satellite transmitters on those birds and followed their entire migrations. Those birds were migrating uh, to Central America from Greenland. What? 7,500 miles one way and, and, and making that journey... Wow. Year after year after year, um, you know, what a, what a life. And, and it's neat because it tells you that the distance a bird might fly in during a period of time. You know, some of those durations from that satellite kicking on and, and shutting off, the, the thing periodically comes on and off to, to, to save the battery life. Sure. And so, that you know, there might be a five-week or a five-day window when it's off and then on. And, yeah. And, and, when, and it is, you know, that bird might have went 1,000 miles. Sure. And, and, and they hit the same spots. You know, they, they know the good hunting. Wow. At Texas, the Gulf of Mexico is definitely a destination, at least a stopover some winter there. It, but they know all these hot spots, you know, like hunting. And this has got lots of shorebirds and waterfowl. And that's what these guys kind of exce- excel at. Wow. Um, among other things. I mean, they, they're, they're pretty opportunistic. They... I hunt them at what what you would hunt them with a shotgun. Yeah, so that's what my I don't know where you're no, we're going. We're just going. So that tells you a little <laughs> bit about the fund. Yeah, and, yeah and, that's and, who and I work for, and they're doing wonderful things all over the world, um, conservation minded. And and I knew I wanted to do something conservation minded when I saw this bird was about when I was a kid. That's my. Yeah, so let's go from the beginning yeah. because earlier you stated before yeah. this had started rolling that you had yeah, been yeah. doing this from a child. Yeah, I mean I don't. I, got, I was very interested in it. I know that some of the earliest memories of my life, my brother and I, um, we were hunting ducks in the, in the Flathead Valley north of Missoula, and we were decoying ducks in a, in a grain field. And my dad was off somewhere in the field doing the same thing, and we, he put us together, and, and we had these decoys out. And at that point, we knew what these birds were. We already had an interest in raptors. Now, how, I don't know. I mean, hmm. Craigheads lived in town. John Craighead, their famous falconer, he wrote, books on falconry they went he he went to india in the 40s or 50s and visited a falconer a famous falconer and and anyway john was in town and and he had some birds still he wasn't actively practicing but so we 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 saw it uh, a little bit but it it struck a chord for sure and anyway that day we were duck hunting we a wild peregrine came in and kind of took a shot at the decoys looked at them pretty close and then a big ball of mallards was milling around the wheat field and she took off after those didn't look like she got one, and then she kind of just turned s- turned south. It was fall, and, and and probably continued on her migration. But at that point, that would have been 1976. I was 11, and and they were gone. I mean, that was a really rare sighting um, to see a peregrine then. Wow. There was essentially no breeding pairs known in Montana, so that bird was probably an Arctic migrant or something. But it, it really left a mark that, uh, you know, we wanted – I wanted these things around, and we got books on it um, – Wow. And kind of got into it. Well, then we had birds. We got, we went through the process that you have to have a sponsor. You have to take a test um, and pass this test. And it's all about the well-being of these birds that, you know, you're going to care for these birds properly and and care for them right. And my parents, you know, made us do it. You're going to do this. You're going to do it legally and get the license and do it right. And so we did. And, and falcons is always what, I mean, people fly everything. They fly the hawks. They fly, even fly eagles. But the falcons were really what, what interested me. I loved bird hunting with a gun, and I wanted to bird hunt with these. And they take birds out of the air, and, and they're just it, – it really it's, – it's interesting. So and what's the difference between a falcon, an eagle, and a hawk? You know, just the, the anatomy uh, and how they, how they make a living. Um, the si- I mean, the, there's, there's – obviously, there's, you know, size differences, uh, uh, anatomy, the, f- the feet, and how the structure is put together, the – Right down to the feathers, you know, she's got these really stiff. Everything about her is built for speed. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I'm not too big on these raptors like you are. Yeah. Um, so, a hawk would be smaller than what's in front well, of us. Well, no, it could be much different bigger species. Even. Could yeah, be yeah. There's oh. there's species of hawks that are much littler. A sharp shin hawk, a little uh, that nests up in the bighorns. They eat birds, but they eat little songbirds, little you know, little oh, really? small birds. They eat mice. They eat w- 
but they only weigh three or four ounces, and she weighs 38 ounces. Oh, um, wow. But then there's hawks, there's ferruginous hawks, and they weigh five pounds, six pounds. Okay, so yeah, there's, so there's a range of yeah, all, huge. all th- between, the, between the hawk, the raptor, and the eagle. They all, except huge. for an eagle, obviously, yeah. being pretty huge. Yeah, they're like 10, 12 pounds, and so they're really big. I mean, they, they catch anything they want to. Um, white-tailed jacks, I've seen them bind to an antelope and take an antelope down. An eagle? It, yeah, and actually, you know, in the wintertime, hunt them and kill them. And usually, you know, it's a couple wow. together. There was a there was a video that went viral last year of, a, of that eagle on the back of that antelope eating it while it yeah. was walking. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. God, yeah. I watched Pete Widener and I were hunting sage grouse in Buffalo and watched a, an eagle take a – it didn't wound up not getting it, but, man, what, it was it a gave it, impressive it gave it fight. Help. Yeah, impressive. <laughs> but, so, uh, so you said you and your brother. You know, yeah, how so old were you? You were 11 when you got what, inspired. When, how old were you when you got your – First. It's legal to do, get a license at 16, even okay. way back then. By then, there was a law, um, and they had the test and those sorts of things. So I, when I was 16, I, I passed the test, got a red-tailed hawk, um, learned learned sort of how to fly with a red-tailed so hawk. Up, you went, to, up, the, yeah, you went yeah. to Walmart? Yeah, and that's, got my, a, that's, a, my, a that's exactly my question. <laughs> yeah. You say you got a red-tailed hawk. You know, you're supposed to trap it from the wild. Uh, as an, uh, there's a three classes of falconers. There's an apprentice, a general, and a master class. A, an apprentice is someone's learning. One of those other classes sponsors you and helps you okay. kind of through the process of, of learning and taking care of one of these these hawks in captivity and, and that sort of thing. So mine actually came, the fish and game confiscated one from somebody. They had one illegally. They, I think it just, they found one out of a nest and I mean, they didn't mean to do the wrong thing. They just wanted to take care of it, hmm. but it, they weren't taking care of it very well. It, wow. had, it had some problems. And so they gave, they knew I had just passed the test. They gave me that bird and it was a young, a youngster of the year. It couldn't fly yet. Um, so I raised him up and, and, until he could, you know, was fully feathered and started flying him and hunting with them. And, you know, growing up in Missoula, uh, there was not many rabbits there. There's a few snowshoe hares in the mountains. There's a few cottontails here and there. Um, so, boy, w- I mean, I had to use my imagination. I wanted to hunt, and, and that was what it was all about. So, I, I mean, I was flying that bird at things people would never think, you know, <laughs> you would do with a red tail. I was flying him at those field-feeding flocks of mallards, I mean, in the wintertime. And he'd go out the window of my car. We'd be parked watching these mallards. Together, by yeah. the way, you and the bird. Yeah, and my, my brother was always there. He always had a bird, and and we'd let him go. The, the ducks would all land in the wheat field. He boy, he'd be watching, looking, you know, bobbing his head, looking, and and he just well, he wanted out. And you know, you let him go. He'd beat his wings about ten times as hard as he could, and then he'd just coast to kind of stealth. He doesn't have the speed like this, so he's got to get r- right in there close. And he'd come in, and then you'd see this wall of mallards erupt. I mean, oh, thousands. How cool would this And he'd be to catch see one it? almost every time. And it was so cool. To he'd, get, he'd get the he'd bird. He'd get right in there. And he, he might have been catching them on the ground before they even sure, knew what happened. Sure. He might have been catching them as they were lifting on. But he was up in the air with the duck? Uh, well, he'd be, when I got there he'd to him, feed. he'd be fe- he on it, feeding he'd already on be eating it. it. Yeah, they're too heavy to carry. So sure, sure. Um, so anyway, I mean, that, I, I hunted pheasant with him. I hunted ducks with him. He caught he caught a few rabbits and, and, uh, but I really learned a lot about hunting with that bird, but I could not wait to get a, a long wing, a falcon. These are called these long wings. This, this might be throwing yourself under the bus, but I'm just <laughs> thinking like you're 16, it's high school. You're driving around with a falcon in your truck. I'm thinking back to my high school days, and yeah. I wasn't even on the radar. <laughs> you were either the coolest kid in school, yeah, or maybe, maybe, or maybe the dorkiest yeah, kid yeah, in school. Probably so. I, you know, it's all my friends had pictures of girls. Uh, motorcycles and cars on their walls, and I had pictures of Bird. Pe- peregrines. Yeah, Peregrine so cool. Falcons. But uh, yeah, I know. I, I think it probably kept me out of a lot of trouble, but um, and wow. maybe got me into some as well. But uh, but yeah, just progressed along. At 18, I was old enough. Well, I had a general class permit that lets you get a falcon, and that year I trapped a deer falcon. Okay, great. So you trapped a falcon. Yep. Let's yeah. talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can catch a young bird of the year. You can't keep the adults. That's They're part of the breeding population, and you shouldn't be able to keep an adult. So, But they do allow you to take young of the year, from whether it's from a nest or a, what we call a passage bird, a bird on its first migration. Wow. And so we went up to the Nine Pipes, the Flathead Valley. Um, that was sort of our playground. <laughs> it's 40, mi- 40 minutes north of Missoula. And uh, amazing area for pheasant and waterfowl at the time. It isn't anymore, but um, it was at the time. And and uh, anyway, we're driving around hunting with my brother's prairie falcon, 
and we see this passage, Jerfalcon, which is like the holy grail of birds to have. It's not even on the radar. So when you say you've seen one, are you in your truck like yeah. glassing yeah, with binos? Yeah, we're, 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 we're looking for pheasant for Dale's Prairie, and this okay. Jerfalcon comes flying up out of this cornfield. Okay. I think she probably had a duck down out there. And we spooked her off of it while well, she goes up to a, a, a telephone pole. And, we, I mean, we have homing pigeons in the car. It's part of it goes with the sport. You, you throw them if you don't produce quarry just for something to chase and exercise. And mm -hmm. it's a good substitute. Um, so we had pigeons. We always had a harness. It's, it's, a, it's a leather harness with fishing line nooses you tie on it. And this trap is as old as time for falconry. This trap probably is, goes back thousands of years. I mean, it, it's been refined a little bit. It's like a fishing hook almost. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously, it's toes, not going to harm it. Their toes get stuck in those nooses, and they're slip knots. So they come oh. down and grab this pigeon. We throw a pigeon into a field. It's out there flopping. Do, are you still there? Did you leave? We, we leave, and we, but we stay inside you, of it. Okay, so you throw the pigeon, you leave, yep. you watch and it. And, boy, they usually come pretty quick. And, yeah, she did. This jeer falcon le leaves the pole. She stoops it, checks it out. She's, you know, back and forth. And then she, she, yeah, I want it. And she commits to it and goes in and takes it. And uh, I remember so excited. I think it's probably the most exciting day of my life. Just that we wow. might catch a jeer falcon, which was unheard of. And I was 18 years old. I had no, maybe no business with one. But at least other falcons probably thought I that. I don't even know what a jeer falcon looks like. No, no, that's what like. that, yeah, I'm sorry. We got to <laughs> talk about it. So you're saying a, a jeer falcon. G-Y-R. They come from the Arctic. And, it, I mean, it is the bird. That's the subspecies of the falcon. It's or the species. That is the species. That is the species yeah. of the falcon. Yeah. Whereas this is a peregrine. Yep, that would be, uh, falco is the, is the genus. Species would be peregrine, peregrinus. Uh, and then subspecies, her is peleot. This bird is, you know, falco rusticolis. So that how old was the bird that you were trying to Young. She was yeah. a bird oh. born that year. So you could see. You yeah, you can that. tell by the plumage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so we so knew this we, is wild. we could keep her. But that bird would have been born in the Arctic. I mean, they only live circumpolar, but only in the Arctic. Wow. So, so her life that, that summer would have been two, two adults feeding her ptarmigan um, somewhere in the Arctic. And and maybe uh, you know other other birds, but they so the, so the bird co it comes down, it decides to attack. Yeah, it got it, and we bumped her a few times off the pigeon, and she wasn't caught. And we fixed the nooses back off and down. She'd come again. It took oh, this was not first try. No, no, I mean it, it was like drug out until almost dark, and we're like, this is it. If you don't, get so you're her, on pins and needles oh, for a long unbelievable. time. Unbelievable, and finally it's like this is it. I'm walking out another time, and she's getting sick of seeing us because mm -hmm. she's like, I've, these guys have bumped me you know, five or six times and wow. she's already nervous and I'm, she's looking at me and I'm going through a fence and she baits off the pigeon, flies off the pigeon. And I can see she just falls to the ground face first and her, and, and her foot's caught. And, and I r rolled through that barbed wire fence, demolished my down coat <laughs> and then went out and, and, and dove on this bird and, no. and had this so, bird. So do you have no, you got like leather gloves at this? No, she, crazy. I, in fact, we didn't even have a hood, which is, which was, we just didn't, we weren't really trapping, but, right. but you we weren't all, expecting it. No. And, and but I needed a bird and I wanted a bird and, and I, but I thought, you know, I'm going to get a prairie falcon, which is a pretty common falcon down here. It's, it's, it's kind of a little smaller than her, but, it, but a good falcon to, to hunt with. <laughs> So and, cool, and we wind up catching this this passage jer falcon. So you so you roll, you jump on the bird. Get her, yet yeah, we catch her. She's caught on the pigeon, and Dale comes out. My brother helps me. We undo the her from the pigeon. She's got a couple nooses on her toes, and all the way home, we just carried her. You just held her. Un, just, I held her just around like, her shoulders, like around the wings, like you'd hold a chicken. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, but the feet, the feet are her, moving. Yeah. I mean, she, but she was real they calm. They calm down. She was real calm, and and they're yeah, they almost like. Just, just sit there. there I, it's kind of almost shocky or something, but they, but she was real calm. Except it would have been nice to have had a hood, hood. to put on her. And so we drove the almost hour, you know, back to Missoula with her. Just was sitting there. Got her home, got a hood on her, and then put these, you know, the equipment. They wear these. They need bracelets, these things that these Jesses okay. go to. So we just so listeners, we're looking at this this falcon right yeah. now. It, it it looks like a uh, like a. A metal yeah, bird band with a, leather on the it's inside. A yeah, it, it's got those are fancy ones. It's got her name and her, fo and her phone number, and it says reward. Yeah, okay, you know, it, it's just another way maybe to get her back if if she gets lost. But um, so anyway, we got this fancy bird, and and I 
it was unbelievable to, to get a bird like that. That was the first that was falcon. My, that was my first falcon. I was 18 years old. How long did you have that I falcon? I had her for two years. Amazing watching that. They are the, probably the fastest animal on the planet, in, you know, under their own power. So, so and just, we, we don't have to dive too deep because it might take No, one. we might have how do to. You break, how do you, like, <laughs> break the, like, your boy, what, yeah. Yeah, that's my question. Is so, so it's a wild bird. Yeah. It's a wild bird. Yeah. What, what, what do you have to do before you fly it the first Trust time to keep it yeah. from just, well, I'm going to keep yeah, going just, on down to Central America now. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's just all trust. It's all, there is no discipline. They wouldn't understand it, and you'd ruin them the first time, you know, even if you lose your temper, they look at you funny. But there's no negative reinforcement. Nothing. You set them up to succeed, and you tr- and you create experiences to be positive and to go in that direction, to include day one, but in to include hunting as well. I mean, you set them up like this is going to be a good experience, and you kind of know that's garbage, and I I need to not fly her there and, right. and that sort of situ- situation. That place and so it's I mean it's a lot of time on the fist, and and f- you're feeding her tidbits. And, and it's funny. I mean, th- she ate the first day the hood came off. And Jure Falcons are sort of known to be like pretty nice. I oh, mean, okay. they can be, as, as imprints, if you raise that bird as, as a youngster, as, a, as an imprint, they're almost dog tame. It, it's the one bird that it truly is, is, no is like a pet. So if you were to have gotten, which you said is illegal, an adult, but if you would have, that bird doesn't do the same thing as that young bird, does it? Uh, you know, they say, yeah, I think th- I actually worked with one adult to let her go. She uh-huh. was shot. Yeah, well. um, and and oh. uh, the Fish Wildlife Service and the Peregrine Fund gave her to me to rehab her. Yeah, and and she was an adult peregrine that was shot on the Oregon coast. And uh, anyway, she was as nice as surprisingly as nice. And she'd been sort of abused. She'd been in rehab, and mm-hmm. and you know she'd been given medications. She had a gunshot wound to her wing and a pin um, in there to to, to fi- put things back together. Um, so you know, I thought it was a bird that might be a nightmare, and I, mm-hmm. I was shocked how how. Uh, accepting she yeah. was of me so what so it's it's interesting because in my mind i would think that you you catch the bird which is amazing and then like i would think that breaking it or well, i don't know what the official term yeah. would be manning manning, manning. The bird would be just as hard but it sounds like they're, they're it, pretty it, i mean it, it it's timely it but again i mean it took a month and she, in, in one month she was hunting f- for me Wow. And, and But every day, every, every day, day you're working yeah. on this bird. Oh, the commitment of time with these is almost unrealistic. That's what, that's I what mean, f- from whether it's manning a new one, but particularly now just, you know, fl- just find, hunting with her. Sure. And taking her and getting her uh, flown at, at quarry, finding, you know, sharp-tailed grouse, sage grouse. I go to South Dakota and I fly her at Greater Prairie Chickens. Um, if, and and it, it to, it's just becoming so much harder to access you know, land that good that and good quarry numbers. Yeah. You need lots. It's like making a new puppy. You need lots of game uh, when you're making a new bird. It takes a lot of yeah. birds to make a good bird dog. It, it does. Yeah. And these are no different. It's, you know, when they're young, it's the same thing. Then you, then you need to put them on game and, 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 and different varieties. I mean, it needs to be easy stuff when they need it. And it, it needs to, you need, they need to be challenged when, when they're ready to be challenged and with a, they need to fail. some as well and then you need to go back and forth and push them when they need it um to get the best out of them wow so okay on the on this this first bird that you trapped the the deer falcon you said you had it for two years is that the lifespan no 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 she she, i could have had her i have one now that's 20 years old she's retired wow it's a peregrine but she's 20 and she could live maybe to be 24 What's a lifespan? Maybe 24, 25. But, you know, a lot can happen to them. Even in falconry, in the wild, um, 12 or 13 or 14 would be really pretty darn old. And what would be the the reason why they wouldn't live longer? Usually something catch, I mean, a wreck. An injury. An injury. You know, if if I've had birds that had fatal injuries if they'd have been a wild bird. Sure. You know, hit a fence and break a leg, break, you know, damage themselves. And I put them back together and they go on to hunt 10 more years. If that had been a wild bird, it was dead. Fast. Yeah, it wouldn't have been able to harvest animals. Once they make it to an adult in the wild, they do pretty well. The attrition rate occurs as a young bird. That mm. f- it's like a teenager. You've got to learn. Yeah, lo- I mean, you think it. of what you did, and uh, it, the b- birds are no different. And that'd be the first how many years of his life? One. The first year? The first year. If they, make it, if they make it past that first year, they, they s- literally say 60 to 70% of young birds, raptors, don't make it. 
Wow. So, wow. you know, and, and not do there's, is there a predator for uh, there for is, them? I mean, the other bigger hawks, big fish, little fish, sort of eagle sure. eagles wow, can really? be a problem. Great horned owls are a huge problem. She almost got killed by a great horned owl last year hunting her. And I was really <laughs> lucky that she didn't. This one in front of us. Yeah. It ha- I mean, it had her and she what? chased a sharp tail a long ways away and wound up catching it. And it was evening. And, you know, thankfully she was wearing really fancy telemetry that I can, it's actually GPS telemetry now. It's a, it's a little thing she wears on the on a bewit. They w- put them on their around their neck. They do a backpack. She wears hers on her leg. That's what this little this little blue nut. Oh yeah. Oh tra- okay. It pops tra- on there. The okay. transmitter threads right into that. And so you had that on a GPS unit. I, and it's crazy. It works. Yeah, it's like a dog, do like a dog oh, with mountain lion. Oh, this is the coolest thing I've yeah. seen. It's an iPad. Yeah. yeah it, it's and oh, so he. I, I got to see him fly it a couple times. Yeah. Um, but he releases the bird. And I, I didn't know what to expect because yeah. I've always just been fascinated with peregrine falcons. I love things yeah. that are fast. Yeah. And th- it's the fastest moving yeah. recorded live yeah. animal. How fast? Well, 240 in a dive. When it's in its dive. Are you kidding uh, yeah. me? A guy sk- trained one to skydive with him. And there's videos of it. You can pull it up. Uh, Ken yeah. Franklin skydiving with a peregrine. YouTube it sometime and check it out. He's it's, keeping up with the dude skydiving? Well, it, it, He's blowing the guy away that skydiving. Yeah. Just guy nose just, down. He's just toying with Dude's him. Dude's at just terminal velocity, and this bird's just zipping <laughs> all over the place? Yeah, he drops a lure that's aerodynamic, and there is no such thing as terminal velocity for something that's very aerodynamic. He drops this weighted lure, and it falls away from him as he's skydiving. As he's falling. And the bird just disappears and leaves him in the dust. Shut up. And they have a th- something on the bird that's recording her speed. And he said, I think they cu- recorded her at 238 and he wasn't so sure she couldn't do a lot faster. Yeah, is why what it looked. So I, I've I've known that for a while. My yeah. son is just yeah. loves things that are fast too. So he's, he, but I never thought about the, yeah. anything other than that that dive yeah. that yeah. just kind of tuck and speed. So Brian releases his bird, and I, I didn't know what to expect, but it flew almost a perfect circle, and he's watching on the iPad. And I'm trying to watch. Does it the have bird. topography on your pad it's, and everything? It puts yeah. it over Google, Google sure, Earth sure. image. Okay, so you can see some stuff. But it's it's got um, an elevation, and it's just climbing. And fast. Oh, it's, it's giving you live results from where it, the bird it is. is. Speed and elevation and direction. But it's flying this almost perfect circle around Brian, and it's just going. And and it's every ring. It looks like yeah. a screw. It's just <laughs> going it's up. up and up and up, and it's climbing, and I, I lose sight of the thing. Like, it's so high. She flies really high. This is a great bird. Falconers like their birds to go way up high, American falconers. That's how we – the Arabs hunt birds off the fist out of a car, and it's a chase, a pursuit chase, mm. whereas we – Ambush, t- more of an ambush yep, for us. And we've sort of adapted English fal- falconry, which is where our falconry came from, Scotland, England, and it's a waiting on a bird that goes way up high. And the higher the better, because that's the big blistering stoop, um, you know, that you get to watch. It's hard to do. It's, I mean, it's hard to train a bird to do that and then keep it there year after year after year because they want to do the bare minimum. And she flies a thousand feet higher than she has to to kill that sharp-tailed grouse. So how how high off the deck are they going? She's Is often she going? flying between a thousand and eighteen hundred feet high. And I at at fourteen hundred feet, I can't, you, you can't really see her. But you can see her on the iPad. Sure. It gives it gives her the the, the readout. There's a there's a po- thing called a pocket link this telemetry company makes, and it cr- it it lets that thing she's wearing that transmitter. It sends the signal of that to your iPad. So that's what this pocket link thing is doing, sure. and it and it's getting the signal from the satellite. That goes to the satellite. Sure. sure. This talks to that, and it and sends it, it yeah. to the iPad. So you're what you're looking at the beautiful screen of an iPhone or an iPad. You know, watching, watching this it. Google map, and you're the red dot, she's the blue dot, and hers is changing 16 times a second. I mean, it's real time. It's it was crazy. So how so how long does it take to get up to that uh, thousand, fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred feet? Not 1800? too long. Um, I, and I'm thinking if she wants to, you know, get serious about it, she's up there in certainly less than a minute, about a minute, it's minute, a minute serious and a half. stairmaster, really right climbing. There. So 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 <laughs> she went and killed a sharp tail. Oh yeah. So sorry. I want to hear well, the, the yeah. owl story. She yeah. missed it in the stoop. Yeah. She she she. The stoop. T- what, that, what? That's the, the that dive. big dive. Yeah, that's called a stoop. And, and so eventually, when it comes into your vision, you're able to see that bird. Oh yeah, yeah, you can hear it. You hear it. And you can hear it. It sounds yeah. like a jet. Yeah. You, yeah. The air, the rush of air on these guys, it, it, it's amazing. And if it's a cold winter night, it's unbelievably loud. 
but you typically hear her coming, and you might be able to see her. She might be only 800 feet high. How fast is how how fast is she when she's on a stoop? You know, typically from those heights, she's doing a sort of 110 to 140 in that range. <laughs> the fastest crazy. I've ever seen, actually, the, the male I have, uh, one of the stoops he did 168. So they do what they have to, but they got sure, a, sure. they got a lot to grab from. I mean, they're up, up to you know. That's unrealistic, probably stooping at 238, mm-hmm. but that's what that bird had to do in that situation yeah, sure, out of sure. an airplane from Yeah, it's like you're, like you're saying, feet. like, why would it go faster? Yeah, and it and it's actually, it, it may be um, a hindrance. Um, like if they're flying ducks that are circling around the pond, they, the refuge for the ducks is to come back to the pond, and the falcon knows it. So, they, I mean, they're, on, they're, they're coming down with brakes on, you can, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, those stoops might be 90 miles an sure, hour. Sure, yeah, just whatever it takes. But... Prairie grouse tend to get the best out of them because they're unbelievably... Until you've seen a falcon fly a prairie grouse, you'll have a whole new respect for a sharp tail or a prairie chicken because they have a gear that you'll never see when you're gun hunting. Oh. (laughs) And they are bold about using it, and they're very cocky about trying to outfly your falcon. And that's why guys love to fly them. They're they're really great quarry, and they will make your bird fly good. Oh, this is so interesting. Your bird will either quit them because they're so hard to catch... She needs to have some success. I mean, they need to catch them. So ideally, they catch some young as they're growing up and they mature with the grouse. Um, but, you know, guys that want to travel with their falcons to grouse country that have only ever flown their birds at ducks, they, have a, they, they, may, they may never catch one with those. And those birds might be really good flying birds. Yeah. But they just don't know that quarry and what it takes to catch them. Wow. Um, some adapt and, and maybe pull it off, and a lot of them might even they might quit it. They might not even stoop that quarry when they see it as as an extreme case. But um, so in this case, yes, the bird was going, and then it got yeah, a sharp tail. She flew it down two miles away and caught it, and I, I could see on the iPad that she was in a creek bottom, and I, well, that's not good because I'm thinking owls. It's that time of evening already. And like, well, what if she didn't get it? I could drive this way, and maybe she'll come, and I'll call her to the lure. I just swing this thing, and she's trained to come back to me. To a, I swing a dead quail, basically, which is her hawk food. And I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go around and drive right to her because I just Does she hear it, or does she see the, the She thing? sees it. Yeah. Yep, she sees it. And so, thankfully, I drove to her, fa- and, and it was a ways around. It took me, uh, you know, f- six miles to get around to where she was. And when I got out, it was pretty dark by now, and I'm holding the iPad, and it's showing me. She said she's 100 yards away, and she's right there. And, I, you know, I'm walking through the cottonwood trees, and uh, I start seeing this big thing flailing around on her. I thought a raccoon, or you know, had her, and oh, wow. she, she's ca- calling, uh, uh, distressed. And I get up there, and it's a, it's a great horned owl has her. And it's got her. She has the grouse, which isn't even dead yet. So, it, I mean, it got her right away. The grouse is there, and it was bit a little bit on the neck. I, I, I put the thing in my pocket and let it go <laughs> later. Um, but she was under some cover, and that's what saved her. That she went underneath some willows that were bowed over, and that owl slammed into the top of those willows, had her with one foot. She had the owl by a foot. And that owl, when I got there, was just starting to get its head to her, and she was going to have a horrible day. I mean, it was going to eat her, oh, eat her wow. starting at her leg. Oh, wow. And just eat her alive. Um, and it was getting there when I got there. And I, I broke them up, and, oh, boy, she w- – I didn't know if it had grabbed her chest. I mean, there could be some pretty serious injuries. Did you grab the owl? Yeah, I just pulled it off of her. And, and I feel <laughs> like that would be really how terrifying. Big the, how big is the owl? They're big. It was a big female, so much bigger than her. Yeah. And you just grabbed it? Yeah. <laughs> Also, I wouldn't even know what to the, do. The, other note, so the other note in that whole story was is that you were like, yeah, I knew what time it was and the owls would be a concern. Yeah. And I thought to myself, seriously, never once in my life, <laughs> never once in my life have I been at any no, time of no the day question. and been like, it's about time for owls. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought yeah, that no, before. falconers think about it. Unfortunately, it's, you think about it with your bird. It's amazing how many guys have lost birds to either golden eagles or even bald eagles but eagles or wow. or great horned owls they're really they're watching that predator hunt and you know with eagles it's sort of 
the the witching hour f- not to fly is the thermal hours, sort of late mm. morning or th- midday. Boy, I, I avoid those hours like the plague. E- I mean, because every, of all the time. I and we have a lot of eagles here, right? Yeah, a lot of eagles. I fly real early in the morning, and, and best of all is maybe very late in the evening, and the eagles are typically not, uh, you know, they're not on thermals, and they're not way up out of sight anymore where they're watching everything. How fast will an eagle go? Pretty f- they're um, surprisingly fast. It's but like not faster s- than this bird? Uh, close enough to close. catch it? I mean, yeah. they're getting her on the ground. They're ambushing them when she's on her kill. Oh, they're F- looking at them from up they top. They watch that whole flight. And it, you know she's chasing, say, spying. Ch- chasing. Come yeah. on. It's like a sniper. Yeah, I mean they're s- <laughs> they might be sitting on a butte. You know, if we're down in sa- buffalo flying sage grouse, most of those hilltops, if you look, have, have an eagle sitting on it. Well, they're watching that whole flight, and if it's if that eagle is hungry and she sees your bird, it'll ambush c- your catch bird. a grouse. You know, uh, two miles away down, the grouse is heading for cover. It's 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 intimidated, and there's a falcon behind it. So it's going for cover, which is typically tall. The, the drainage is where the sage is mm-hmm. tall. So the falcon gets in there, probably catches it, and the eagle says, that bird got that. I'm going to go catch either take her sage grouse or, or take the both. falcon Just or both. both. Yeah. Whatever I can get. And so th- that's a, a real threat and a real Eagles concern. Eagles and owls. Yep. Wow. Yep. Knock on wood, I've never had it happen to, to the end, but I've had close calls of, of all of them multiple times. And... I've had two eagles in the air chasing a bird that, that they rooted off the kill, didn't even go for the kill, and then were trying to fly my falcon out of the air, and and uh, and and it was it was looking like they were probably going. You know, it'd be like do it. it's like a dogfight type yeah. deal. Like they're yeah. trying to fly oh, them oh, out of the yeah, air. My falcons are terrified. I mean, mentally, the good thing they're physically and mentally mm. strong because if if he That's would have so crazy. headed for cover, you know, long ways away from me, I couldn't have helped him. He, he, they would have they would have killed him. But so how but, how does the peregrine? Or, or I guess any falcon. How does it kill its quarry? With the, they're real efficient. That's a, another great question. Um, hawks kill with their feet, and they just sort of not not so humane. I mean, it's what they do. They hold it and they start eating, like a wolf. You know, they they kind of hold it. A hawk will. Sorry, hearts. Yep, a hawk or an eagle. A falcon wants it dead. They're like a cat. They're like a mountain mm-hmm. lion. I mean, they, they you know, lion. The first thing they do when they get on a deer is get up to the throat and, and, and they, when it's dead, they'll start eating. Well, these guys have a, that notch on her beak. If you look close, there's a, a little, there's a point and behind it, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's, a, there's notch, a notch and that is to get in there on the vertebrae and separate the vertebrae and the neck. They, they get in there, bite real hard and, and twist. So that thing right there will snap the, the neck first on, thing a, sh- on a bird or yeah, a rat. On uh, a, yeah. Or a, or a grouse. A or or a, uh, yep. So in the, in the stoop, Sometimes they kill them when they hit them. Okay, so they're oh. going crazy fast. Yeah. And are they just that – that's my question. Is, yeah. it, is it to knock it out of the air or is it to, it's, like, it's break sort its of, back with its feet? Yeah, I mean, how does it's, that – It's sort of individual to the, to the bird, even amongst the same species. Some like to just crush it as hard as they can hit it with their feet. It sound, it sound, so they're pretty tough. It sounds reckless, and it looks reckless. Mine have usually – my peregrines have usually – they call it binding. They, they bind to the they bird. They grab it. They real, like – selectively grab an appendage. They grab the quarry by Going that fast. Yep. They, they're selective. They, they go in and they bleed off some speed and then they grab something like a leg, a wing. So they yep. hit it more, hit, they, they're they diving vertically, yep. but then at the last they second. They level out behind they, it. They kind of hit yep. horizontal. They want to do definitely do that, come okay. in behind it. Even the ones that strike to, to knock it to the ground, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're coming in behind it to lose some speed. They don't want to hit something at, you know, 150 or 60 or sure. And, and it, they're going too fast. But and then if it doesn't kill it in that strike, it's a controlled fall They fall. She, if she binds to it, which she usually does, she grabs it by a leg or, or a wing and then falls to the ground. And the second she gets it to the ground, she's going for the neck. And, and then she wants to bite it and, and, and break its neck. Wow. Ducks, ducks are tough. I mean, you, sure, you can let, yeah. you can let yeah. a lot of it ducks. It can be hard to ring a duck. I mean, oh, it, it, and we let a lot of them go because they're totally fine. You get there, and she's, so she's got this duck, and she's trying to get to the neck, and maybe she's bit it once, but they got to do a lot more than that to a duck. And um, there, it's things totally fine, except it got caught by a peregrine. <laughs> 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 and and you, Bad know, day. you can kind of like caught by fishing, you know. So did that give satisfaction to the bird? Oh, totally. As so long as you feed her, you know. I mean, and I've you uh, feed her, but the hunting, she's happy with that uh, quarry. Totally. Find. Yeah. If she if she gets the reward of of even get, getting the opportunity to, to stoop 
wild quarry is that's a really good thing so if if it got a duck and you're like oh it didn't even kill the duck you let the duck go do you then give it a feed yeah yeah we and i feed her even if they fly really well i mean all she wants and i and i fly 36 hours later i feed her so much food and you know we've gotten away from or a lot of falconers have of, of being a slave to the to the scale to where you're weighing that bird it's like i need that bird cut and here at this weight more falconers are pushing that limit on their weight. And so let's let's like let's talk about grams. Yeah, let's yes. talk about weight. Uh, also, let's talk about why. Yeah, well, I don't know what that means. No, it's it's <laughs> yeah. You well, you're weighing uh, them. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a weight where they probably will perform at their best. Um, they're not so hungry that they're weak. And they're not so fat that they absolutely don't even want to hunt. I mean, they might just go sit. Sure, because they're no longer in the wild. So, yeah. like, they're not – they don't have this perfect balance. No. If you fed them – if you fed it enough, it would be useless. Yeah, I mean, they just – they'll lax a lot. So you're, but, you're, but we're, you're trying to keep it in this ideal fighting weight. Yep. Okay. And, and people probably used to cut their birds harder because it – Meaning it would meaning be, lighter? Their, their weight – yeah, they would cut okay. their weight lower. Okay. Um, just because it was easier to get them back, we didn't have this fancy telemetry. Mm. And now with these fancy, this amazing telemetry, it's so state of the art. And um, you know, we can push those envelopes and do totally different. You know, take risks that, and and like, well, this is maybe a little bit risky, but I'll get her back. Hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure I'll get her back. And there's such an investment in time in making these um, that you know you don't want to lose one, but but you want to see it at its best as well. And it's funny, you know, you take a young bird and it's amazing the weights that you can fly that bird at because it starts at this weight, you know, it's, it doesn't have any muscle. Muscle weighs a heck of a lot more than fat. You're taking the fat off, putting muscle on. She's getting strong. She's flying more and more. And every day she flies, you're trying to set her up for a kill to success, you know, to catch a duck or catch, catch something or, b- or back and forth between ducks and upline game. Ducks are pretty easy to set up a really quality flight for a young bird so we all like to fly our birds at waterfowl because you can see them on the pond you know they're there hmm. and and you know i can get those going in the size of the pond that you select it, it kind of makes it easy or not so easy because the pond is the refuge if you fly a lake with a few ducks on it you'll never catch one because yeah. they won't leave they won't leave the water but anyway you 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 push this bird and every flight she flies good or she catches a, a duck you feed her all she, I, fe- I feed her all she wants and so every flight even 36 hours later she's typically at a higher weight than she was last time because now this bird's putting on muscle she's retaining some of that weight a- and after a month of that that bird that was flying at 32 ounces now is flying maybe at 37 or 38 ounces and and, and is that's when you really see what, huh. a, bird, what a bird can do because she is strong as can be but if you at, at some point you will hit a you will hit a mark where it's like, wow, I almost lost her. She had no interest in me or doing anything. That's uh, the limit. You know, that might have been with her. Okay. As a young bird, I, I flew her at 40 ounces, and she was out of control. Um, out of control as in? Just leaving. You know, wh- it, no interest in, in hunting. It's so it's, it's like, you could say it's lazy, like it's kind of yeah, fat and happy. Yeah, like yeah, I'm good. Really? Yeah. Some might just go sit. She'd fly, but but nowhere near me, and it was kind of scary. I thought, no, this, oh. this is... So, I, so I know the weight, so the weight has exclusively yeah. to do with the ability for you to man the bird and it for it to hunt. Pretty much, yeah. Because it's mean, so full and happy that it's yeah. just like I'm not going to do this. Yeah, go find a cliff. And in the summertime, like she all summer long, she's not hunting. She's in a big free flight chamber, and she eats all she wants, or she's she's offered all she wants. But when I pulled her out, I just pulled her out of this chamber on Sunday to start getting her back in shape. You say you don't fly them in the summer? No, there's no hunting season, and and they they're getting their new feathers every single. So you still have to follow game laws. Yep. You can't oh. just go like, hey, no. I'm gonna go catch it, a duck in July. Yeah. No, you can't. You could fly one at pigeons, but you know we're traveling. It's hot. It, it's it's a good break, and probably them a good break from us. You know, wow. they, they don't mind sure. that that, that downtime. Um, they're being fed well. She's with a male. She actually raised. Sit, she laid eggs and she hatched a baby. Um, this year. Yeah. Holy uh, smokes. Um, so, so she, I mean, she was busy, but she wasn't busy with anything I was doing. Wow. How, how big is a peregrine falcon egg? I should have brought one in, but it's it's a little bit smaller than a, a chicken egg and, and really pretty. It's it's real red. Um, no kidding. Really bright. Uh, 
modeled, but wow. Um, but I, I noticed the look at the, the talons on this thing. Oh, they're substantial. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. And they, you know, falcons have those long toes, and anything you see with real long, thin toes like that, they're bird hawks. They're, they're it's for grabbing birds out of the air. Yeah, so they can wrap around. They it. need it's like a basketball player. Yep. And you can sure, sure. Palm a ball. Yep. You know. Wow. So when you say they they stoop down, I'm going to reverse a little bit. Yeah. When you when they stoop down and they and they hit a bird, have like they can kill the bird upon impact. I've seen it. Yep. Because the speed and yep. the, it hits the spine correct. And they just, just demolish it. And it, I think the ground does as much damage as they did. Then it goes on to hit the ground. Oh, so uh, it'll come It'll come down. impacts. It'll hit the bird, and then it and will just it continue. Go. Oh. They're, 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 the birds that hit real hard as their way to you know catch quarry, they don't try to bind. They're just crushing it. They're up. hitting it, and they're letting it hit the ground? And it, you know, they're hitting it so hard in the air, they're doing damage, and then it might hit the ground it's the yeah, linebacker. At, yeah, the at, linebacker at the full birds. weight of, <laughs> and then they come and back down it, on then it. Then they come back and land on it. If That's it's, if it's, you'd wow. be surprised how hard a, a sharp tail or a, a prairie chicken can get hit and then hit the ground. And the first time I saw it get up and outfly my falcon, like, how is that possible? Wow. That bird got dem- crushed. Yeah. And so the yeah the prairie grouse. I mean, they, they've evolved with falcons. This bird in that form has lived for two at least two and a half million years. And so, the, you know, they've evolved with these quarry. What, what we think we've seen, sure. everything we see of sure. quarry, they're doing because of this. You know, mm-hmm. the holding tight, the, you know, that, that quail, the things that we like about quarry, the eyesight that they have, um, the speed that they have, um, the senses of smell, you know, in big game. You know, that stuff is, was because of adaptions, adaptations yeah. to wolves, to, wow. to, to big cats. For, these, for quarry that we fly these at, um, yeah, they <laughs> I've got I've got one last question. And then we're yeah. gonna do a thing we do with all of our our guests at the top five. But yeah. um, wh- you're a falconer. You're here in Sheridan, yeah. and we've we've heard of some others, Pete yeah. Widener. Yeah. There's a lot in Sheridan. Yep. Why is why is that? Is this a, is this like a special place for it? Or uh, you know, I think a lot of it was because of Pete. He's very well respected falconer in the community, and and he had a, a neat breeding program and. He employed some of us at some point. And Pete Jenny was a past president of the Peregrine Fund. He lives. Shout out. <laughs> he lives here in Sheridan. Um, and so anyway, I think Pete, his dad owned a big ranch here. And, and Pete moved back uh, from Montana uh, and, and, and worked on the ranch and, uh, and, and developed the, the captive breeding program that he, that he has and had peregrines. So anyway, he met other, Bob Berry was sort of, you know, he mm-hmm. met Pete and was through Pete Jenny and he was coming out to fly his falcons. But it is a pretty good area as well for, for hunting because of the prairie grouse. You know, mm-hmm. you're close to sharp-tailed grouse while well, they're all over right here. And there's sage grouse. Uh, there's pretty good waterfowl hunting. The country, these falcons need big prairie country to hunt in, wide open, large, okay. large expanses of... There's better than Sheridan, much better, especially now. I mean, if you don't own the land, it's hard in Sheridan. It's gotten pretty yeah, hard. You know, this uh, we got to do this. I mean, you don't have to do it every day. Although I used to during the season, they're long seasons. They give us outside. You know, Wyoming is six, six month falconry season. Montana is seven months, so they give us more months than a gun because there's so few of us doing it. Yeah, and and the impact is if she catches one thing, I'm done for maybe 48 hours I, I never make her catch two things a day hmm. um so you know the impact is is, is pretty low key what about wind i mean wyoming's kind of windy yeah and surprisingly for you know a place that has prairie grouse Sher- sheridan is surprisingly not windy although you might you know compared we to other windy th- days yeah, yeah. compared the, to the season or the casper or cheyenne yeah <laughs> the systems change with a vengeance but in between it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty nice here but sure. but uh, you know they're good a good falcon, it, a strong, is pretty good flying in, in wind. It, it doesn't it, matter too much. I mean, it, it, it's an extra challenge, I guess, but they're, she flies wind pretty well. Um, but uh, the quarry is a huge part of it and what, the, what you should fly. Um, if you live where there's, like people back in the eastern United States, um, a lot of them, the easiest quarry for them to go find is cottontail rabbits and, and, and fox squirrels. So they're flying red-tail hawks. Goshawk. You kind of fly the hawk. Yeah, like falcon. That makes sense. It makes sense for the area you live in. So um, I got a yeah, question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so you fly them every day, pretty much. 
you know, when I'm making a new one, I do every day, at least for the first two or three months, and then I might fly them more sparingly. Yeah. And then the other thing I just want to mention real quick is that this thing has a hood on its head. Yep. We haven't talked about the hood. Yeah, well, yeah. I can so take like, it off, too, but she'll talk a little bit. But uh, um, before we not, leave, she could yeah, maybe, maybe the maybe last. Yeah. So, she doesn't so get yeah, stuck. there's a hood on this bird. Is that, it a hood or a helmet? Hood. Hood. Okay. It's yeah. a hood that it can't see right now. Nope. So it's 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 blind. It's still doing everything it needs. I mean, it's walking. It's it's standing. It, it seems super comfortable, but it definitely is not able to see. Uh, which could you explain that to us? Yeah, you know, it, really, when you think about inventions for falconry, even even telemetry included, that hood is probably the single most important thing that was ever created. You could never do what people have done with these birds for th- four thousand years without that hood. That thing that allows you. A timeout, you know, mm. with a bird that, that, that you take away the sense that it is the most, their eyesight is beyond belief. It's almost supernatural when you're around them. You, how, 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 what you see them capable of with those eyes, I'd like to see through those eyes mm. for a minute just to, to know. See exactly the, yeah. what it is. But when you take that away, they're unbelievably calm and they're very accepting um, of, of that hood. But it lets you put them in a car and take them hunting. It's not struggling it, to get it off. No, and and, it, yeah. and there's no stress. Her sitting here, if if she wouldn't sit there like that, if sure. that hood was off, she'd be popping you know, all over the place, flying off that perch, and, and you know, she'd get hurt. Um, so it's it's for their well-being in s- situations. I can walk with her in the field behind my English setters when I'm hunting, just like you would be carrying your gun when the dogs go on point. I can take off all of her equipment except the the transmitter. The hood, the chest, the leash, everything comes off, and she's free to go. And 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 you couldn't have done that, you know, without that yeah. hood. Walk for an hour behind your dogs and get a point. Find find the grouse, and then let her go when when you're ready. Wow. Uh, she, she yeah, they just it, it it allows you to do everything you do. Cool. So it's really a neat, pretty neat event. And they're fancy. I mean, there's hoods that are feather plumes on top mm-hmm. and painted, you know, falconry scenes inside and outside, and thousand wow. dollar hoods. Wow. Beautiful things. Um, this hood is, bottom line, is, is it's got to be very comfortable and fit absolutely perfectly. I can see, actually, I can see where it's like literally cut perfectly for this, like this around bird's mouth. Yeah, when you watch her mouth, that's what you really it's look perfect. for. And she can, if she has a casting, you know, the feathers they eat, but they come out about 12 hours later in this little oh. casting. It's just part of their digestion. Wow. It it's, like a, it's like a fur ball. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and owls, I mean, they all do it. They, feathers, bones, hair, whatever they eat comes up in this real tight, compact. She can even cast through that hood, which is a, a nice peace of mind because they could choke to death mm. with oh, a hood sure. on if, if, it can't. if they can't do right. that. So you'd have to, you know, really be mindful. It's fascinating. Um, it's unbelievable. I could talk for another hour on it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's really cool. We're going to roll into our top five. The Weatherby Top Five. All right. Field biology. What's the craziest thing you've seen while you've been in the field? Oh boy, um, <laughs> grizzlies. You know, having hard hard time with with bears. Um, uh, so many things. Um, air, aircraft problems. Um, pretty scary. Mm. Uh, aircraft mm. problems. Flying in helicopters. Climbing. I got stuck on a cliff for hours. Nobody knew where I was. If I couldn't have got out, I don't know what. Should have never been there in the first place, uh, but I but I was. Do you usually climb or rappel down? I, I had rappelled off of a giant cliff, though, for no, nothing but to pull some addled eggs, peregrine eggs, for a graduate student. Uh, so I, I really had no business being there. Mm. And I wound up getting stuck, Jumar, and back up out of there about five or 600 feet. And I got stuck for hours and hours to the point of, like, I ain't, I ain't getting a – I don't know how I'm going to get off this because mm. I, I can't do it. Oh wow! And uh, so yeah, that that was a bummer. But um, boating in Greenland was a real challenge um, on the on that Bering Sea, and um, uh, yeah, mm. it, just difficult. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. It yeah. is. Um, what are your two must-have backcountry items? Uh, binoculars. First, I've got a pair of Swarovski binoculars that go everywhere with me and, and an older pair of lights, and they go most everywhere as well. And, uh, yeah, second, probably boots. Good boots. boots. Yeah. I wear them out. What do you wear? 
uh, all kinds, but Schnee's, I think right now I've got, uh, yeah, I've got a favorite pair of Russell Moccasin boots that are custom made, built to your, you know, everyone's feet are almost different size. Yeah. So mm -hmm. They're very expensive, but they're literally, I think there's 15 measurements per 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 boot per foot. Wow. So awesome. Yeah, they're nice. Awesome. <laughs> if you had to estimate how many game birds you've taken mm. falconry. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say because it's not supposed to be that uh, productive, but they can be really good. Um, I don't know, but uh, a lot, I guess. If Hundreds? Yeah. Thousands? No, probably not Not thousands, but but I've been doing it You've for been doing 40 it. years. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, would, yeah. I would think. I mean, it, when I was a young person, uh, I thought, you know, it, it all revolved around how many birds you catch is how good a falcon you are, and I made one bird catch 100 ducks one year, and... And I'll never do that again. Sure, you because know, I, yeah, I've yeah. evolved thankfully, but um, that makes sense. But it is to me, it's it, more or less for the love of the bird. Yeah, and, and I want to see the flight. It's all about the flight and seeing a great flight, and and that doesn't need to involve yeah. a successful a certain flight. number of birds. Exactly, Ex absolutely, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Finish this statement, okay? <laughs> um, people that fish fish. Maybe they, maybe they drink beer too. People <laughs> that hunt usually hunt and fish. People that trap usually trap, bow hunt, rifle hunt, fish, but falconers. Social distance. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows our favorite spots. You know, it's it's like I've never seen people so protective of their hunting, of their really hunting place. Just because it's. I mean, I've got all these passions. I've I bird. I gun hunt with a shotgun. I gun hunt with a rifle. I bow hunt with traditional archery equipment. I fly fish. And they're all unbelievable passions for mine, and they have been since I was a kid. And you run bird dogs. Yeah, I've got set English setters, and I always have. And But that, that that's probably the biggest part of my life is the dogs. But um, if all of the hobbies had to go, this would be the only one left. This, this one, it's as exciting for me to, today as it was the day I yeah. did it. Um, it's super cool. It makes catching... A, a, a grouse again like I was a kid yeah. you know makes the excitement and the wow. difficulty it seems like it's uh, almost almost shouldn't even be able to happen well <laughs> great answer yeah that's awesome all right um, last question is what's your biggest concern for birds of prey yeah boy just a changing world you know I I see things um, and not just birds of prey you know seeing the demise of quarry um, it I never thought I would see that. I, I, I wondered how I would uh, get a fancy bird to fly. I, I wanted to work for the Peregrine Fund. Some of that was, you know, it was selfish. I wanted to, I wanted a Peregrine. I wanted to be around Peregrines. And, uh, but as it turned out, I was able to help that species. And, and, and I'm glad, to, to, you know, th to give the conservation back, give something back. But, but now, you know, I've got the fancy falcons and the quarry has become a, a big issue. And I'm, I go to places where I used to go, and th th there's nothing there. And, and, the, and the landscape has changed so much. We're a big, we've got a big impact on this world, you know, mm -hmm. eight, 8 billion people. And, and uh, we need, you know, we're, we're, we're changing things. Uh, and raptors, uh, you know, they're one of the first you see because they're at the top of that. They don't exist at densities like their quarry, they'll, you know, they don't control their quarry ever. People say, well, we should put peregrines and control the pigeons. It doesn't work like that. They'll mm. certainly eat pigeons, but it just allows pigeons to probably almost, you know, thrive. And, and they're calling pigeons, and they're probably doing good things for, the, for that quarry. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't... Just uh, change. Yeah. Change. Yeah. So, last thing. We usually end there, but I have to ask one last question is... Um, <laughs> If somebody's interested to to get into yeah. this this hobby sport, um, what where can they go to get information? Yep. What what can they expect? Like, I, yeah, I, I know you a little bit now, yep. and you're not just you don't just have falcons. You've got a pigeon operation. Yeah, you've got dogs. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a place to keep them. Yeah. So what is what does that look like? Where can they go to learn about it? Yeah. Um, you know, th the first place people should start is their fishing game. It, you, it's managed now by the the state game agencies, which is nice because it used to be a joint uh, fish wildlife service, state joint permit. Well, anytime the government's involved in something, there's undue restraints or just difficulties. Mm -hmm. Now, it, within the last five years, it became 
state managed the falconry portion of it, which is which is great. It helped it streamline things, but they usually have a list. They uh, they give the test. Um, hey, oh, can you while you're talking, can you take the hood off and maybe as we're kind of wrapping up here, she might make a little bit of noise. Yeah, I'll, I'll cool. have to get her on my glove for that. But um, yeah, you know, I'd start at your fish and game, whatever your state game agency is called. They they're the ones that issue the the, the exam. They usually have a list of. Um, sponsors people who are willing okay. to take on a falconer and, and help them um there's there's uh, study guides for that test there's a california has a a uh, um uh a list of questions that of, of that would really help you pass that test but the sponsors you know the, like if i sponsored somebody you know you'd, you'd certainly help them with the equipment you know where you get it how you make sure. it, the building you know that the, the purchaser right the bird's not going to hurt it's all about the well-being of the bird that's in your care it's a husbandry thing and that should come natural i mean th th everything you do and and everything anything that can go wrong will i mean mm. i promise you sure they need to be absolutely perfect in feather um these feathers are their livelihood and these things i mean they can't break them the perches that that they sit on and stuff allow that to d not occur um so anyway there's a lot but uh, it's 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 not a simple thing no yeah. it's a, it's almost an unrealistic investment in yeah, time sure so anyway i'll take her here comes the hood hood's coming off oh wow. she's she's beautiful wow look how big those eyes are yeah i they actually are, was not expecting they're that. enormous yeah well, if she makes sounds great, if not great, she probably will when I put the hood back on. Yeah, she, <coughs> she usually objects a little bit. Uh, anyway, well, Brian, we really appreciate no, you I, coming hey, in. I this has been sure. fascinating. We, we we maybe need to do a part two at some point in the future. Down. This is this is just really really cool. Well, thank you guys. I enjoy uh, talking about all this. This yeah, stuff, that's so, awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming in. You bet. Thanks, Brian. Thank we'll you. We'll see you next thank time. Thank you guys. You bet.